Welcome to the Free From Binge Eating Podcast with me, Breed, your host. Binge eating sucks. Trust me, I know. I was stuck in that spiral of binge, restrict, diet, yo-yoing weight loss, feeling guilty and ashamed, and hating my body for 10 years. Now that I'm out, I'm turning my pain into purpose by helping you stop binging, start loving your body, self, and life again. It's time to live free from binge eating. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to this episode. Thanks for tuning in. My name's Breed from Free with Breed, and what we're going to talk about today is the big bad F word, fat. We are going to specifically talk about fat talk, which is something that is just so harmful and pervasive in our society. We've all engaged in it. It's that, those phrases like, oh, I gained so much weight. I'm so fat. Oh, I need to lose some weight. Oh my God, these thigh, these jeans make my thighs look huge. I'm, I look disgusting right now. We've all engaged in it at some point. And this seemingly harmless banter about whether it's our calorie intake, our need of, how about we need to hit the gym after our holiday or our weight, how the jeans look on us. Many of us don't realize just how harmful this pervasive fat talk can be. It has seeped its way into not only our daily conversations with our friends, our family, but also our television shows, movies, magazines, billboards. It's literally inescapable. It's everywhere. And why is it bad? Because let's face it, whenever we're having these conversations, we're not using the word fat in a positive way. It's always something negative. It's something that is associated with us being unworthy, we're not good enough, we're not hot, we're not successful, we're not restrained enough, we're not disciplined enough, like all these things. And us joking about it or making these offhand comments about ourselves or other people just continuously reinforces how fat equals bad, skinny equals good, which to someone who is struggling or has struggled, these conversations are just the worst. They just reinforce the reason why you need to control your body and you need to be careful when you go on holiday to not not indulge too much otherwise you might gain fat you might have more fat on your body you might be fat and in today's society it's pretty much the worst thing someone can be especially a woman so let's get into it there's lots to talk about um before i want to hop straight in two things to mention you might have seen yesterday I um, announced or I shared on my Instagram the body image boost. So this is a freebie that I put out there while I'm putting together, while I'm creating the Body Love Academy, which is in the works and it's taken a lot of time. I'm putting a lot of love into it. Um, but in the meantime, I just wanted to give you guys a freebie because I know so many of you are struggling. In fact, I don't think I ever told you guys this, but it was about two and a half months ago or so, I did a quiz on Instagram and I asked, um, out of these four topics, which are you struggling with most? And it was something like confidence, emotions, like anxiety, um, I forgot the other one, and then one was body image. And there were more votes for body image than all the other three combined, hence me making the Body Love Academy. So... I know a bunch of you are obviously struggling right now. So I thought, you know, while the Body Love Academy is being put together, let's put this body image boost out. It's free. It's super cool. It's 
basically you down you sign up to it and you'll get three downloadable guided audios and they all have a different vibe to them they're pretty different they all have the same goal in mind and that's to pull you out of a bad body image day week whatever it is because i know when you're in that slump that like low state when all you can think about all you can see is what's wrong with your body it's so hard to pull yourself out so i wanted to give you three different options to kind of be your friend in that bad body image phase and to help get you out of there. Don't want to give too much away because then that's boring. So check it out. It'll be in the show notes. It's totally free. And then the other update linked to that is obviously Body Love Academy. It's coming together where I'm uh, currently editing week three videos and everything that comes with that. And next week, I'm actually going to put a pause on jumping to week four I'm going to start creating the bonus module 11 all about summer and how you can deal with summer, whether it's, you know, showing more skin, um, feeling the pressure to show more skin, being on the beach, all that kind of stuff that comes up during the hotter weather. So that's going to be a bonus module that will be accessed by people who are on the wait list slash the early bird people. So get on the wait list. It's in the show notes. There's literally nothing to lose. You can put your name up on it, get all the freebie, all the goodies, the free module, everything that comes with that. And you don't even have to join the course if you don't want to in the end. There's no pressure. It's just put your name down and let's see what happens. Okay, that's the little update. Let's get into this talk on fat talk. What exactly is fat talk? Well, this is a term that was coined in 1994 by Nichter and Vukovic, I believe I pronounced that correctly. It's basically think of it like it's like diet talk, but it's it's talking about one's body in a belittling way while also implicitly promoting thinness for yourself and the people around. So examples, classic examples, these pants make me look so fat. Ugh, my thighs look huge in these. Um, I gained so much weight. I look disgusting. I look gross. Oh my god, I ate like a pig on holiday and I need to get to the gym ASAP. The classic one, right, is like the skinny friend who says, Ugh, I'm so fat. I feel so fat. And someone in a bigger body or just slightly bigger than even that thinner person is thinking, Oh, if she's fat, what does that make me? And if she's saying it as it's such a negative thing clearly by her tone of voice and the wording and the look on her face. Um, What does she think of me? And should I be changing something about myself? I'm sure a lot of things that come into your mind already of where you've taken part in fat talk or you've heard it. It's, It's honestly everywhere. This term fat talk was coined by those researchers because they are observing the way middle school, middle school girls talked about their bodies. And this concept or this topic of fat talk just came up so often. And since then, there have been countless studies detailing a similar thing, how much women of all ages talk about their bodies negatively. And there's just this overall fear of fat. So fat talk is something that women of every size, every body type engage in. It is oftentimes little to do with one's actual weight and everything to do with how we see ourselves and how we see fat and what we associate fat with. In fact, 93% of young women report engaging in fat talk regularly. It's often used as a form of communication and bonding. I've definitely experienced that myself 
especially when I was younger, um, university, high school kind of days when someone would come in and be like, oh, oh my God, I'm so fat. I need to do something about this. And you'd all be like, oh my God, me too. Me too. Like, let's, let's do a diet together. Let's, let's go to the gym together later. And it really was a form of communication and bonding. And it's particularly problematic as we are so easily influenced by the eating and body, body attitudes of people who we feel close with. Basically, the main reason we're likely engaging in so much fat talk is because everyone else is doing it. If we're all doing it, we're all going to join in. It's rare that someone would have the strength to disengage from a conversation that their friends are all discussing and all bonding over. So when a friend laments over eating too much cake at a holiday party, if you don't join in on that and say, oh, me too, or oh, I totally get it. I got so fat over the holidays too. Then you risk looking unsympathetic or even arrogant or better than. It is really a way to keep us feeling like no one is better. No one is above the mean and we're all the same. We can all relate to each other. Studies have actually shown that hearing fat talk makes you more likely to start complaining about your own body or calorie load. So studies have actually shown that hearing fat talk makes you more likely than to then start complaining about your own body or your calorie intake. A, an experiment discovered that women were more likely to believe the fat talk statements of other women than their own self-affirming body statements. If women are defaulted to negative when it comes to looking at their figures, it's no wonder that so many of us are so uncontent with our own bodies, that that is the norm for women. Another motive for women to fat talk is reassurance. Researchers found that the most common response to fat talk was to deny that the complaining friend was fat, instead asserting that you yourself are the fat one. Which, as soon as I read that, I was like, yeah, that is something I have seen and heard and done myself so many times. That back and forth of, no, you look great, just look at my thighs, they're massive. It's become this integral integral part of the way that women socialize. It's what you see your mother doing from a very young age with other women. It's what you do with your peers as soon as you become conscious of your body. It's how you fit in and interact with other women. Fat talk is basically us women affirming every time, reinforcing that we engage with it, that it's okay to hate our body, that that's normal. There's almost this social pressure to be the kind of woman who does conform to this moral framework, this agreement that we women, we women all have, which is just to like complain about and hate our bodies, that says, if I do eat whatever I want, I'm the bad girl. I'm the one that is almost like the, the pick me girl kind of thing, who is going against the grain and just gets to eat whatever she wants and doesn't need to even, doesn't even have to complain about her body. There's nothing to complain about. So I'm sure by now you've identified in your mind the countless times you've engaged in these kind of fat talk conversations with your friends, your family, whoever it is, colleagues is probably a big one too. And we know that this is just reinforcing this belief that fat is bad. So let's go into that a little bit more because in my mind, this belief that fat is bad is it is so problematic, so harmful. It is the reason or part of the reason that so many of the women I work with are dealing with the food issues, the food and body issues that they are struggling with. 
let's look at this statistic for a second because this is insane. I've seen this around quite a few times and it says from the National Eating Disorders Association, 81%, 81% of 10-year-olds are afraid of being fat and 42% of first to third graders, first to third graders, say they want to be thinner. This, whenever I see this kind of statistic, it first of all breaks my heart that a 10-year-old is fearing this and even thinking about their body and not just enjoying being in their body and enjoying life. But also it it just honestly reminds me of the countless hundreds, thousands of DMs I've received. And it's very often from teenagers when it's this kind of thing. But honestly, I've heard it from all kinds of women and I felt it myself too, where girls will be saying, I am terrified of gaining weight, of being fat. I would rather die than be fat. I would rather die than gain weight. Man, this word fat has taken on a lot. In our society, it's really, it's an insult, it's a way to put someone down, and oftentimes it's an allowed way to put someone down because we argue, oh, but, you know, they actually have control over whether they're fat or not versus making fun of someone who's, let's say, disabled. Like, oh, so they're free, it's free reign to make fun of fat people because they've put this upon themselves. It's just their fault. I guess the most ironic part of us demonizing fat in society is while we have this idea in our head that fat is bad, fat is bad, the reality is every single body has fat on it and if it doesn't have any fat on it, it's literally broken. We are literally going to be dead. Like we we need fat, we need it, yet we hate it and fear it so much. And let's let's actually jump into how pop culture continues to reinforce this idea equating fat with bad because this is everywhere and I think it's so important for us to just even become even more aware of it and be able to, in that awareness, when we see it, call out that lie, like within our mind, in our own mind. When we see another fat joke, another character being villainized in a fat body um, to really point that myth that lie out to yourself and consciously remind yourself no like that this is some bullshit lie fat is not bad i think some of the classics are ursula the sea witch um fat bastard like i was actually just thinking about that the other day how oh my goodness like that in his entire character was just a big fat joke and annie was a villain it was he was literally there eating buckets of fried chicken wings with food all over his face everyone's making jokes about him being fat there are probably I think in my head I remember like jokes of him like being on the toilet farting like just being like disgusting and bad and villainous and gross and disgusting and it just reinforced all of those adjectives to be joined to be associated with fat just think about the in shows like Big Bang Theory, How I Met Your Mother, there are so many fat jokes that just slide by, just like all the time. I actually saw somewhere that apparently, I didn't didn't even notice at the time when I watched it, years ago when I watched How I Met Your Mother, apparently Barney made so many fat phobic jokes that there are actually entire blogs devoted to that topic of all of his fat jokes. It's insane. And then think about Abercrombie and Fitch, Lululemon, 
those two specifically have explicitly stated they don't want fat folks wearing their company's clothing or they imply some body women's bodies aren't meant to wear certain items of clothing at all I can also think of shops like Brandy Melville which is the whole you know one size fits all um, size like they literally only have one size of all clothes that of course is actually the size for like um a UK, let's say size eight or size six or something, or I think it's like a US size four or something. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to translate in my head. <laughs> but of course, it's one size fits all for the type of body that they want wearing their clothing and to shun everyone else away. Another one actually pops into my head is Victoria's Secret, right? Like, I, I can't remember exactly the details, but I think the head of the company for years didn't want anyone who wasn't like the Victoria's Secret model body on their runway show because, well, obviously he was fat phobic, but he didn't allow it. And then when they finally, I remember, had one or a few, that was already something that shouldn't have even initially been allowed on the runway. They only did it to be PC and to please, you know, the consumers or the press. And to think that even that body, oh my goodness, that they didn't want on the runway. Ugh, it's just, ugh, it's just terrible. And like, I think a lot of these companies like Abercrombie & Fitch, Victoria's Secret, Lululemon, their heyday was when millennials were growing up. So fellow millennials out there, I feel for you. It was just drilled into us and obviously still is to everyone today. No wonder that so many women, according to recent studies, 93% are preoccupied with maintaining that toned, svelte, slim, socially acceptable figure. So many women, 93% of us, are preoccupied spending our mental energy, our money, our physical energy trying to fit into this box that probably isn't even made for you. It's not your box. We all have our own box. And we're all trying to squeeze into this same one that's fat phobic. Think about it, right? I, I said it earlier that fat is literally one of the worst things you can be in our culture. We're so afraid that our bodies might be perceived as fat. I mean, literally, for the worst parts of my eating disorder, which also coincided with me being at my heavier weight, that entire time, I was so much more preoccupied with my weight because I was so fat phobic. I was so much more preoccupied with my weight that me trying to actually deal with the food side of things, like just let myself eat more, was, there was such a barrier. Like I wasn't even looking at that. I was of course ashamed of my binging, what's wrong with me, this is terrible, I'm out of control, but Actually, what I really cared about was that I was gaining so much weight and I was at my heaviest and I felt disgusting because I'd been taught that you should feel disgusting when you gain weight and when you're at a heavier weight. I spent so much time obsessing about trying to get back to my thinner body. Like, that's what I put my energy into. The fact that I went to a detox retreat in Thailand for like I think it was like three weeks where, you know, there's like insane before and after photos, people losing insane amounts of weight. I spent my time and money going to that instead of 
getting like therapy or treatment for an eating disorder, which by the way, I, it's not that I didn't try to get help for my eating disorder. I actually didn't know it was an eating disorder at the time because no one tells you that binge eating is an eating disorder. But I was just so preoccupied with the weight side of things. I was so trapped in this fat phobic culture that I probably delayed my healing process by years and years because I was so trapped in the idea that I had to be thinner, which of course made me restrict in diet, which kept my eating disorder going. But yeah, we're just so afraid of weight gain and it comes with so many different prejudices and negative effects that when we look in the mirror, we're so afraid of crossing over into that category of fat or kind of fat, almost fat. We internalize that fear and it turns into hate as well. Before we go on, I just wanted to jump in and let you know about something that could really, really help you out. So if you've been loving these episodes and all of the tips and it's been super helpful, but you just need a bit more structure and direction, then check out my 30 day reboot course. It's an online course, so you can literally start today. 30 days of content, so each day you get new content in written form, video form or audio, just to keep it nice and fresh. The content is exactly the same as what I go through in one-to-ones, so it's amazing value for money. You get some lovely audio meditations along the way as well. And we have a Facebook group, so you know you're not alone. There are plenty of others in there. So if you are sick of waiting around and want your life back, you're so ready to kick binge eating out of your life and return to that relaxed, confident, happy version of you that you know is in there deep down inside, then this course is literally made for you. And best of all, it's just the price of a trip to Zara or Topshop, but it is worth so much more than that. It's eye-opening and life-changing, as one past alumni put it. So if that sounds good to you, head over to my website to sign up today, or just scroll down to the show notes. I'll pop a link in there too. All right, let's get back into today's episode. I mean, the fact that women are taught to be unhappy with their bodies whether they're fat or not, like we are just constantly being conditioned to be on this chase, this endless quest of the new body, the the best body that changes every two years. We are conditioned to constantly spend money to become happy with our bodies, to do something to make us happy. Women are raised to feel dissatisfied with their bodies. It's actually a phenomenon that has a name called normative discontent. So rather than feel love or even neutrality for about the way we're built, we tend to focus on our perceived flaws. This comes to mind when I revisit all the different phases of my life, different body sizes, shapes, weights, whatever, that no matter the shape, there was always something wrong. I was always focusing on what needed to change, what was flawed, even... I even remember when I was at my, what I was, what I used to think was like, oh, that was my best. That was my, when I was at my slimmest, that was my goal weight, everything. Even at that shape where I had told myself, or I had believed that that was when everything would be good. There were still things to find wrong. And I laugh sometimes now because back in those days where I felt like I was at my like perfect, 
I was seeking out flaws so badly <laughs> that I like found I found problems with like one toenail or my belly button or like the hair on the, my lower back and I was like focusing on like that was the, like the biggest issue and it's just it's crazy like we were always trying to find something wrong we are brought we're not brought up to believe you know, when, when you look in the mirror, oh, hey, I look all right. I've got some pretty good stuff going on here. I look pretty good today. Cool. I'm going to go on with my day or just like neutrality. Like, okay, my body's my body. It's not, it's a non-issue. I'm not going to study it or focus on it. We are taught quite the opposite to just like, you have to seek out what's wrong with it. You have to put effort into trying to fix that. And of course, talk about that with your friends. Engage in fat talk around yourself. When I think about my childhood or just growing up, obviously a big part of how you perceive your body is how your mother or how your caretakers modeled that themselves. And my mom wasn't like terribly fixated on her looks. She wasn't the type who was always talking about being on a diet or needing to lose weight. It was more subtle, but it still sunk in to my psyche. Um, the fact that there was the lack of the love and um, any positivity around her body. I literally never heard her talk positively of her body, whether that was the aesthetic or what it does for her. I can, I'm just trying to like rack my brain right now. I, probably in my lifetime, I've heard her say something positive about at, at a time in her life, not always, but like about her waist and her stomach. And I think that's kind of it. And that was only temporary because it was based on her being at a certain weight. So it was the lack of, oh, you can actually be content or you can actually like things about yourself for me. It wasn't so much that she was visibly dissatisfied, though that did come up at times and seeing her trying to fix her body in ways, especially now she's getting older and obviously with menopause and just as you get older, it's your metabolism go down goes down and your weight goes up and you're in this like almost this impossible battle with your body and that's kind of where she's at now and um that's probably where I'm seeing more dissatisfaction which is so normal for her to talk about now as well um so yeah it it was definitely something that I was brought up to not even see yourself in the mirror in a positive way and honestly who's to blame us when we've got you know, movies constantly making fat jokes because who wants to be the butt of a joke? Who wants to be the quote-unquote fat bitch or the one that all the guys in the group laugh at and don't want to date you? They don't want to be left with the fat one. That shit is traumatizing. Like, we are such social creatures. We are tribal. The last thing we want is to be ostracized, to be left alone, to be um, seen as unworthy of love, um, of companionship, because in our biologically, evolutionally wired brains, that is equated to death. If we're left out alone, we die. Obviously, it's not quite the same now in this world we live in, but our brains still feel it and see it that way. And even if we didn't die, it still is a horrible feeling to have people literally turn you down, dislike you, because you have fat on your body. So we've been bombarded 
from every angle with this story of fat is bad, whether it's advertising, um, on billboards, to on Facebook, Instagram, everywhere, everywhere. When you open your eyes to it, you see it everywhere that it is, you're constantly being sent the message of a skinny body with the waist and the gentle abs or the middle line showing, this thin ideal. It's always the same body type. I mean, if anyone here watches The Bachelor, <laughs> which I do, in the past years, I've started with my eyes being, being more opened to this, just noticing that literally every woman on The Bachelor has the exact same body, apart from maybe the boobs are a bit bigger or smaller, but the exact same bodies. And so what is that telling us? On a show that's all about a man wanting to find a mate, a woman that he loves, that he is attracted to, that of the 25 women, they all have the same body. Does that subliminally, subconsciously tell us that message that anything outside of that thin ideal isn't even worth his time? That would almost be like the token plus-size girl that he'd kick off in week four, only to be left with the skinny ideal, because let's face it, that's what also a lot of men have been fed as well. Sometimes I wonder, I feel like I'm going a bit off tangent here, but sometimes I wonder if we weren't fed this thin ideal from every angle and men as well, what would we innately find beautiful and attractive? Would it be all varied, like quite varied from person to person? Would it be distant from what it is now? What would it be? Because men, like, on The Bachelor, for example, right? They they seem to always be fed the same woman, um, the same body type. And I just wonder, like, what would even men's taste, like, what would they like body-wise in a woman if they hadn't been fed this message all their lives as well? I mean, in porn, so often it's such a similar body type apart from the butt and boob size, but everything else, it's always like slim legs, slim waist, no fat on the belly. It's just so fascinating and just crazy when you just open your eyes to it all. But think about it. So we've got all this advertising coming at us, right? We've got it in movies, Facebook, Instagram, wherever. And the job of a marketer, of an advertiser, is to create a sense of discontent and dist distress in a potential consumer about who they are now, what they have now, to convince them that by spending money with this company, they will, this product will help them fix this discontent and they'll become happier and they'll get that feeling that we all want. So we've got this thin ideal being advertised to us left, right and center and women start comparing ourselves inevitably to this thin ideal. The lead actress in every movie is thin. The models in all the perfume mads, in all the clothing, on online clothing shopping, they're all this thin ideal. Most of them, obviously, slight changes are being made now, but it's like, let's face it, it's still a massive majority. So obviously we're going to start comparing ourselves, see that as the ideal, develop a negative relationship with our bodies and with food oftentimes, and want to spend money to get closer to that thin ideal, which, by the way, is not even possible for so many women, like whether it depends on your genetics, your ethnicity, whatever it is, like there are factors that play into the your what your body wants to be, like its natural body fat percentage, its natural natural shape, 
So this thin ideal isn't even attainable for so many women, which is just horrible that we're almost literally an endless chase for something that wasn't even meant for our body. So being fed this message of the thin ideal, of fat is bad, skinny equals better, from all angles, then no wonder we start engaging in fat talk and it really makes things worse. Those who do engage in fat talk have been reported to have higher levels of body dissatisfaction and guilt. And people with higher levels of body dissatisfaction are more likely to engage in fat talk in the first place. It's just this circle, this vicious cycle. And it's actually something I've noticed when when I was in university, I went to work on some organic farms in California over the summer. It was like this volunteer thing. You work there for free, you get to do, have fun, do some farming, and then in the afternoon, just chill out and have fun in the sun. And um, they give you free board. So when I did these things, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was just being pulled away from city life, um, social media. You weren't on your phone very much because the internet was bad. You were just outside, back to basics kind of life. That things felt so much simpler and we just didn't engage in these types of conversations. You didn't have mirrors everywhere. Like you just had one face mirror in the bath, the shared bathroom. You didn't... The focus was so taken away from the thin ideal or any fat talk, any scrutinizing your body in the mirror that those times I remember despite being in the midst of my eating disorder and being at some of my heaviest weights, I actually felt so free and confident. I was so confident when I worked on those farms. I just felt like, ugh, life was so simple. And it really shows me that it's it's not about your body shape. It's not about the fat or the lack of fat. It's a mindset. It's your choice to engage in it. And obviously, it was easier for me on those farms to have to like assert that choice to not engage because it was taken away. Like there weren't billboards. I was on this farm with a couple people. We were all just chilling. We all didn't care about how we looked because we were dirty from being in the mud and picking up chicken poo. And we didn't have social media to be scrolling on. And um, it was simple. So it was easier to have that choice to be confident but it just shows me like it's not about the body and it also shows me how powerful your environment is in your level of body dissatisfaction so where else do where else does our environment reinforce this need to stay thin and the fear of being fat well look at tabloids look at the local newsstand oh my gosh like I actually, this is actually somewhere where it was definitely fed into my mind as a child because my mom bought those tabloids and had them at home and I would always flick through them and be like mesmerized by the before and after photos. And obviously the before and after photos tell the story, even if it's more implicit, that they're better, they're happier, they're confident, they're more sexy now that they've lost weight. I remember my teenage, you know, like my 13-year-old brain seeing those and being like, oh my god, I remember thinking, wow, like, she looks so much better now, she looks so much happier, she looks so much healthier, like, I remember almost um, finding those before and afters entertaining, like, how much someone could change and how much better they could look, 
because of course that was the story that was told um and think about think about god this it sickens me where think about fields like politics government business right where women are scrutinized for what they wear for wearing the same pantsuit twice in a week or twice ever and of course completely ignoring what men the men are wearing I mean case in fucking point is in the UK the prime minister Boris Johnson I mean just google it (laughs) if you don't know how he looks google that he is never torn down um sometimes it's a bit of a joke his hair but it's never in the way that a woman would be torn down for her makeup or her outfit the color she wore to the white house or something it's painful to see how much we focus and of course women are part of the problem too, right? Like we indulge in this and we share those photos to other people. We laugh at it, we make comments too. And we need to stop, we need to stop doing that. Let's stop putting the focus on what the woman is wearing, what what her makeup looks like, what her hair looks like, what her outfit looks like. Like this is not even the whole point. She's there to lead a country or to try to lead a country or to be the fucking CEO of a, Forbes 500 company, like, stop making it about her looks. It's nothing to do about her looks. Just like it's nothing to do about his looks too. Of course, when the news, when the tabloids are constantly talking about women's bodies and praising them for losing weight and associating value to being thinner, it's hard for us to not then fall into that pattern too. But we can also make a stance. We can also not allow those conversations into our friend group, not entertain it because... It just doesn't matter. So on the note of refraining from conversations like this, how can we avoid fat talk? So the good news is we can control it, or at least we can take steps to control our own fat talk and how the fat talk of others affects us. This is actually something that came up with a one-to-one client this week where she was really struggling with some colleagues engaging in diet talk and a little bit of fat talk too. She didn't know how to handle it. So what we can try is really attacking the issue head on. If you're talking to someone with whom you feel comfortable, if your friend starts in on fat talk, say something like, are you listening to the way you're demeaning yourself? You're so much more valuable than that. Or you and I are not doing fat talk. We are, we are way above that. We are no longer available for fat talk. So it's not shaming her. For talking that way it's lifting her up it's she deserves better we deserve better we we are above fat talk and of course changing your own perspective on fat is key recent studies suggest that your visual diet can make all the difference meaning some curation some social curation right like what what are you consuming through your eyes Studies have shown that women's preference for thinness decreased when they were exposed to images of larger bodies more frequently. So it really is about adding more diversity, bigger bodies, different bodies, not just the same thin ideal into your environment. Basically, if we see bodies of all shapes and sizes in our media, everyone is going to be happier. Studies have also shown that 
individuals, when you have friends who engage in positive body talk or neutral talk, show less disordered eating compared to those whose friends engage in fat talk as well, which I can totally get that as well. I feel like I'm actually pretty fortunate that most of my friend group don't engage in fat talk. If they do, it's not very common, but I must say that I myself can put in a bigger effort to disengage those conversations and to lift them out of body shaming themselves. Um, Oftentimes I notice that I just kind of don't engage or just like smile to them or something or go a bit silent, but I can do better. I I can lift them out of that and let them know like, we don't need to demean ourselves this way. We don't need to keep reinforcing this idea that this certain thin body is the best like we are all just okay as we are like this is having some fat on your body doesn't have to be an issue it doesn't have to be even a point of conversation and of course when it comes to fat talk much of the noise is coming from inside our own heads right so we can while we can disengage conversations with friends we've got to disengage it within ourselves too so that talk that self-talk in your head that might be fat talk, you know, you might not say it out loud, but you might say it to yourself, oh, I feel so fat. I've gotten fat lately. I I need to do something about this. Ugh, like my jeans are getting so tight. Why am I so fat? Like those things that we say to ourselves, that's the kind of stuff you need to lift ourselves out of too. Stop reinforcing this whole idea that our value is so tightly linked to being thin because it ain't. <laughs> Okay guys, that's my talk on fat talk. Hopefully it's got some cogs moving in your mind. You're thinking about where you've seen it, where you've talked about it yourself, friends that talk about it often, what you can do about it, noticing it in yourself as well, and also noticing how much of it is out there in movies, social media, advertisements, and how with that awareness in mind, you can consistently when you see that, just that quick, like reaffirming to yourself that that's a lie, it's bullshit, it's cheap humor, it's it's not what we're about. We're above that. We're not going to laugh at it. We're not going to let it affect how we feel about ourselves. We're not going to let it make us think that, oh, if that actress made fun of herself in the movie for being fat, if she felt sad about being fat, um, what I'm thinking about right now is Regina George and Mean Girls. then I should feel fat too, or then I must be huge. Don't let that shit affect you, okay? We are better than that now. Let's elevate. Let's elevate. Okay, guys, I will leave it off there. As always, let me know what you think about the episode. Share it. Such an important topic for women especially. And yeah, have an amazing day and thanks for tuning in. And that's the scoop for today. I hope you enjoyed the episode and learned something new that you can start applying to your life. If you took something from this episode, it would mean the world to me if you could share it with someone in your life, change someone's day, change their mood or even their life, be that person. I know I love it when my sister sends me podcast episodes. It just shows me that she's really thinking of me and wants to help me elevate my life alongside her. As always, feel free to DM me on Instagram at at freewithbreed. I'm always open to feedback, so let me know what you want me to speak about, what you love, what you want less of. This podcast is for you after all. 
Last but not least, here's how to win a one-hour, one-to-one session with me. Enter my monthly draw by sharing this episode or any of the episodes you've enjoyed, whether it's on your stories or on a post, and just make sure to tag me at Free With Breed. Simple as that. Okay, that's it from me. Have a wonderful rest of your day. I will see you next time.